It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Here we are together again another Saturday morning. Welcome to Green and Growing here on WSB. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca from the traffic team. You hear me Monday through Friday, early mornings. I get started at 4.30 in the morning, Monday through Friday for Atlanta's morning news and Channel 2 Action News this morning. So I can sleep in a little bit on Saturdays. The alarm goes off at 4.45. Get here just in time to print out my show sheet, say hi to the guys, and away we go. So I know you have a lot of questions. Many of you have found yourself spending a lot more time in the yard and outside lately. I love listening from some of our listeners to their open mics when they use the WSB radio app and leave us open mics about how they've been handling the COVID-19 crisis. And so many are saying, playing outdoors with my children. We're going on long family walks. We're finding all these trails and doing hikes, you know, things that we had never really taken the time to look for before. So keep that, keep that up. Get the WSB radio app and leave us an open mic and let us know how you're passing the time and how your family is coping and uh, sheltering in place with these very unprecedented, very strange times. There's really nothing new to say about it except unprecedented. It's just something like we've never seen before. But we welcome you to the show. If you are a first-time gardener, you're new, you're curious about it, or maybe houseplants, birding, anything like that, vegetable gardens, that's what we do the show for. Really, those of you that know and are master gardeners, I hope you still get a little bit of entertainment value out of the show, but really want to help and learn alongside the newbies. Uh, I still consider myself a newbie, even though I Worked with Walter for eight years. I've been gardening pretty much for at least 11, as long as I've had my home. But there's always something to learn and always something new to be doing. Got a full show for you this morning. So brew your coffee, settle in, stay here until 9 a.m. on 95.5 WSB. This hour, I'll reveal what artist created some really funky yard art that you can get on Facebook. Green and Growing WSB, that's the Facebook page, and take a look at. And then we'll share some quirky project ideas with you that will keep you entertained through having to shelter in place and stay at home. And Atlanta radio personality Melissa Carter and I, we've got a great conversation coming up at 7 o'clock. She is my celebrity gardener for the show, so you don't want to miss that. Talking about the current state of Mother Nature, at least from our perspectives. And we're going to hear from WSB Sports Director Jay Black, who should be at Augusta National this weekend for the Masters. But alas, that's one of the many, many things that's not really happening on schedule. So we're still going to kind of reminisce about the Masters. He'll bring you some history of Augusta National, stuff that I bet you didn't know, and stuff I certainly don't know either. So, And he's also shared with me I'm not a golf fan, but I have been to the Masters before, but obviously holes 1 through 18, the entire golf course, they're all named after plants, and then those plants are found at that particular hole. So a lot of you may have known that, or even avid golfers who have been to the Masters have never really took the time to pay attention to that. And then in the 8 o'clock hour, actually it's 7.30, and then through some of the 8 o'clock hour, Joe Lample is going to be with us as well. He's going to be joining us via phone because he can't come into the studio of course, we don't have any visitors or guests allowed in WSB right now, but that's going to be really fun. He will take your calls along with me uh, at 404-872-0750. Joe Lample, also his his brand, Joe Gardner, such a good friend of Walter and I's and local here to the Atlanta area, but has uh, Growing a Greener World, which is a show seen nationwide, I think in all 50 states now. It used to be 48. I think he's on all 50 states now on public broadcast television. So Growing a Greener World is definitely one of my favorite shows. Joe does such a good job in digging really deep to find gardeners and people throughout the country that are doing unique and different things and goes 
past just gardening too with environmental impacts and all of that so that's really something worth checking out and he's got joe gardner tv on youtube as well you can learn a lot i've referenced those videos a lot here recently building raised beds starting uh, vegetables from seed and just trying to go through all that process properly to make sure that i know what i'm doing 404-872-0750 is the number for the show and you can always hit me up on Facebook. I've gotten a lot of really good pictures actually lately from visitors to the Facebook page. Like I said, Green and Growing WSB. I hope that eventually over time becomes a little bit of a forum for folks to look at and kind of share each other's experiences, maybe what you're seeing outside or something you need identified and you can't quite put your finger on it. And if I don't know, other people that follow the page may know. So that's going to be helpful. Yesterday, I got a picture from Margo, who is a who's a former colleague of mine, sent me this picture of the crepe myrtle trunk. You know, a crepe myrtle is just so obviously identified with so many trunks that it's got and just kind of that painted looking, almost like it's been brushed with a stain, with a dark brown stain. So I can tell that it's a crepe myrtle trunk and it's got holes in it, but they're not holes that would be bored by ambrosia beetle, which we know those come out almost as like sawdust, toothpick-looking things, and very, very tiny holes. So we know it's not that, and it's not carpenter bee holes because their holes are very precise, and they're not really interested in live wood. Carpenter bees, if you've spent any time on your back deck recently or you've just been out in, under an arbor or anything like that that's been you know treated wood, that's really where the female carpenter bees are going crazy trying to bore the holes, lay their eggs, and that kind of thing. So... These holes on Margot's crepe myrtle are fascinating, and it's something that I had to ask Walter Reeves for help. I was like, you know, these these holes look so strange, and they're they're uniquely shaped. They're not uniform shaped at all. So we figured not carpenter bee because they don't attack living wood. So maybe sapsucker. So that's something I need to look a little more into a sapsucker and how that would create holes in the outside of the trunk. And then obviously over time, I would love to be able to give Margo the advice. Is it going to hurt the crepe myrtle long term or is it something we don't need to be worried about? So that's all things that we can discover together. And Susan sent a picture of these tiny little brown dots on the backsides of her hollyhock leaves. And if you didn't look really closely, you would almost think it was some kind of bug. You would almost think it was just some little brown bug, but they weren't moving. So it's rust. Hollyhock rust is very common, and that's something you need to look out for right now, along with my garden to-do list, which I'll share later in the show, just three of the basic things you could be doing in the, in the yard this weekend. We'll add that to it. If you have hollyhocks that you're just so proud of, and maybe you planted them recently, and you're seeing brown stuff on the backs of the leaves, almost like if you brown... Parmesan cheese. If you top something with Parmesan cheese or shredded cheese and you let it brown in the oven, that's kind of how this looks, just tiny little brown dots. So hollyhock rust is something that definitely could ruin the plant. The fungus overwinters in the bottoms of the leaves and the old stems. So you have to check the backs of the leaves, remove the leaves that are affected right away, or else it could spread to the back of the plant. So I hope you'll find some useful stuff on the Facebook page and all of you will reach out to one another there. 404-872-0750. We're going to begin the morning up in Cherokee County. Say hello to Susan in Woodstock. Hey, good morning, Susan. Yes. Hi, Ashley. I recently planted some pink hydrangeas in Woodstock's acidic soil. When do I add lime to keep the pink color and how much? I'm hoping my answer is correct here, Susan. You can add it almost any time. And right now, as they're really starting to flower, leaf out and all of that, 
that gives it good time to get in the soil. So do you have a particular brand that you've used before or anything like that? Um, yes, we do have some lime in the basement. Um, I'm not sure what brand it is. I didn't think that there was a difference. There's, there's two different chemicals in lime. Garden lime has got calcium carbonate, and then there's also another kind that has calcium hydroxide. And I need to read a little bit more about that because that sounds really scientific and really chemistry, and I can't pretend like I know anything about that because I don't. But keep in mind with the application, you asked how much, a little goes a long way. So you really don't need to use that much and sprinkle it when it's going to be able to be, you know, washed in, kind of work it into the soil, that kind of thing. Um, the bag may tell you as far as like tablespoons or half a cup or whatever, how much you need. And especially if the hydrangeas are pretty established, then you're going to need to use a little more. But yeah, just keep in mind, a little goes a long way. You don't want to use too much. Okay, sounds great. Okay, thank you so much, Susan, for calling. Have a great time in the yard this weekend. Okay, All right, take care. Bye. 404-872-0750. Helen and Cumming, good morning. Welcome to Green and Growing. Yes, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I have a two-part question. In the background of a bed, I have Sasanqua camellias, and the leaves at the tip of the branches are swollen. Now, it doesn't look like, is the, the leaf itself swollen, or you see like a growth? I mean, could it be almost like a gall on the end of the leaf, or can you tell? I can't tell. Hmm. Okay, sometimes people will complain about the leaves, yeah, looking thick and swollen, so that might be a camellia leaf gall. So okay. I, I would need to see it a little, hmm. I would kind of need a little bit better description, but that could be it. So I guess all you can do with galls, really, hand pick and dispose of them before they turn white. Do you see any white on the tips of the leaves yet? No. No. Okay. They're still thick and pinkish red. Okay. Yes, then that's exactly what it is. That's a gall. So go ahead and dispose of those before they turn white and move all of those infected leaves far, far away from any other camellia that you've got. Uh, it's not really, really common, and it spreads very slowly, and it's not something that's going to come onto the camellias every year. So I think you're probably okay if you're at least this early into it. You can just pick those leaves right off. Okay, I can do that. Good. In the foreground, I have radkin gardenias, mm -hmm. and they get white flies. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. And so now I really do think now's the time that we're going to start seeing more and more of the white flies. Are you seeing any damage to the leaves yet? No. Okay. Right now, I'm, I'm just such a big proponent of doing things without chemicals, if we can do that as a first step. So when it's, when it's been dry like it has been, I know we're supposed to get some severe rains tomorrow night, Sunday into Monday morning, but spraying it with the hose first when it's been really dry and disrupting them and hoping to move them to a different place, okay. I would give the gardenia a good soaking and make sure just to, to spray it and get the white flies out that way. Try that first, and then just continue to inspect the leaves. If the cloud of them, they come back, then we may have to do something else. Okay. All Thank right. You. 
Oh, thank I'm, you very much. Yes, I'm so glad you called me in time for us to fix the camellia gall. That that is a really good thing, Helen. Thanks for the call. We've got Scott in Fayetteville, Tommy in Dallas, all coming up, and hopefully your garden questions as well. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. I'm Ashley Frasca. This is Green and Growing on ninety five point five WSB. Self isolation never sounded so good. Listen to Atlanta's news and talk while you're at home on the WSB radio app, or tell your smart speaker play ninety five point five WSB. Rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey. Love Luke Bryant. Thank you so much, Jason. What a good song. All right, Finley Roofing sponsors the weather update. You definitely need to be very in tune to what the weather is going to be doing this weekend, folks. Today, not a big deal. Highs maybe around 70s, lows around 52. We are going to have sun. If you need to do any Easter celebrations today, maybe a good day to do those because tomorrow, 100% chance for rain all over Metro Atlanta. Things are going to get pretty serious Sunday night into Monday morning. Severe thunderstorms could have damaging wind, hail, strong winds, and maybe a tornado that cannot be ruled out, according to meteorologist Kirk Mellish. So highs around 70, lows only around 63. Now would be a great time to download our WSB radio app and make sure you get the notifications from our weather center. Those will come right through to your phone, warn you of any you know, impending weather that's going to be hopefully not affecting all of us as we're sleeping Sunday into Monday, but that is a strong possibility. And also, many of you who've listened to the show for years and years, or, or the radio station, you know this little chirp sound that we do, and it just kind of runs in the background from time to time, almost like a pinging, um, and it runs maybe, I don't know, every 15 seconds or something, and it drives... Thank you, Jason. That's it. That sound right there. So many of you have asked, what in the world is that? When you're just listening to regular programming and you hear that, that means there is severe weather in the area. So we do that as a life-saving measure, not to annoy you. I know where you're driving in Atlanta at that very moment, things could be bright, sunshine, no big deal. But that does mean severe weather's in the area. So you are likely to hear that Sunday night into Monday morning. Just keep it right here to 95.5 WSB. So now I want to give you some things to do in the yard this weekend. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Just spoke to Mike Shields in the traffic center. He's got Bermuda, and it's new Bermuda, and he's really trying to keep it looking nice. He manually removed a bunch of annual bluegrass, poannua, from the yard, and that is a task to manually remove all of that. So if that's the greenest thing in your Bermuda lawn that you see, that's probably what it is, annual bluegrass. So dig it out like Mike. Uh, better yet, though, make a mental note to put out weed preventer next September. So you got to stay ahead of the spring weeds with the right applications of pre-emergent. And I also had him do the Bonide Weed Beater Complete or Weed Beater Ultra. Um, and that's going to help treat some weeds as well in Bermuda. Just read the label directions. Number two, move houseplants outdoors gradually. Never place them in full sunshine. Filtered shade is best. I told a friend to start doing that with her aloe. It's been inside. and You don't want to scald any plant that you move outside, but it's a great time to start getting the houseplants used to being outside, just never in full sun right now. Late March, early April, where we are right now, it's okay to plant fescue lawn. September, October was best, and optimal air temperatures, though, are 68 to 75 degrees or so, and that's really where we've been hovering around. So you can do that. The soil temperature needs to be around 60. Overnight, the soil temperatures in much of North Atlanta dropped to like 58 degrees because it's gotten so chilly, but that's just temporary. I know the temperatures are dropping this coming week, but that's still okay. If you're going to spray glyphosate, like a Roundup product, before you put sod or seed down to kill weeds and you just want to kind of have that fresh palate to start with and no weeds, you've got to wait at least two weeks before planting anything. Let that Roundup, that glyphosate really soak into the soil. 
404-872-0750. Tommy out of Dallas. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. How you doing? Very good. What are you trying to do out in the yard? Okay, so I had about an acre and a half of uh, privet cleared oh. in the front part of the, the yard. I know privet's pretty invasive. Mm-hmm. So I got trees there. I want to keep the privet at bay. What can I put, what kind of herbicide can I put without killing my trees? You ready for some hard work? Yes, ma'am. It, sound, it sounds like you are. If you're pretty dedicated to that, yeah. Privet has now skyrocketed past kudzu as Georgia's most invasive weed. And from a distance, it looks really pretty. And it looks like it's got long fronds of, you know, white flowers. It's like, oh, that doesn't look too bad. Tommy, the best way to do it, just tried and true, I promise, is cut the mature plant as low as possible. Use an axe, use a chainsaw, whatever you can. You've got to put fresh paints, fresh, pe- fresh strokes of glyphosate within five, ten minutes of making a fresh cut, and you've got to let it soak in. So you might want to make a cut, like really paint some Roundup on there, make a cut, paint it. That way you're not spraying it in the air, the wind's not carrying it to things nearby that you care about, and then just be looking up for sprouts that can reappear and stay on top of those. So a little bit at a time, I think eventually it'll soak into the entire plant. Thanks for the call, Tommy. We will be right back on Green and Growing, 95.5 WSB. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to Green and Growing here at 95.5 WSB. Hope you are along for some garden knowledge. If you've got any questions, we are happy to take those this morning. In about an hour, I'm going to be joined by Joe Lample as well. And uh, host of Growing a Greener World, he is going to be helping me answer questions, too. So really, I want to focus in uh, at the 730 half hour with Joe about composting and raised beds and vegetable gardening. So if you have some of those questions, maybe save them off and kind of bounce back on with us around 730, 8 o'clock. Those are going to be awesome questions for Joe to answer. He's such an almost like a citizen scientist in trying all of those things and tells you from from experience what works and what doesn't. 404-872-0750. It looks like we have three questions about azaleas. Where do I start? Pete on I-20, you're the first up with an azalea question. Good morning. How are you? Are you still on I-20, by the way? Yes, ma'am, I am. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) Long stretch of pavement that runs from Alabama to Augusta. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Listen, I have uh, um, azaleas that have been planted for probably about 12 years. Um, But lately, probably the last six years, they will bloom, but they don't last very long. Right. So what Any do you suggestions? To make the blooms last longer? All right. Uh, well, do you prune azaleas? Now, typically they're pruned in early March, and okay. you're, you're getting to it, you know, early. But now you could. You could try because, you know, pruning reinvigorates growth. But I think if you prune now, you're just going to get probably more leafy growth because there's, it's not going to have time to set new buds or anything that are going to be new flowers. But Right. With anything else, like a lot of bedding plants, you deadhead, you know, like you like pansies and stuff, you just snip off the, the blooms that have faded. So that's what I would do with azaleas, just to let the plant have some of that energy back instead of hanging on to just spent flowers and see if that does help another flush of azaleas. But you know it's not an encore, right? It doesn't bloom multiple times from now till June, yeah. right? 
Okay. Yeah, right. But I, like when it does bloom, like I said, it's very little blooms and they don't last long at all. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, too, which you may want to think about next year, Pete, it's not even too uh-huh. late to do it now, but Dr. Earth is a brand that I use and they've got a good azalea, camellia, and rhododendron fertilizer. Those are all kind of from the same family. So the bag has all three listed, azalea, camellia, and rhododendron fertilizer. But that's got a lot of really good stuff like fish emulsion and all this kind of, I don't know, technical stuff. But it's really, really good for azaleas and so i actually did just yeah dr earth is the brand yeah and the bag specifically says it's for azaleas but i would start using that pretty early on in the spring i would say like late february early march go ahead and get a jump on the fertilizer and like i said i just did an application too thinking it was going to rain a little more than it did uh friday morning i put some out thursday night hoping to water that in a little bit but i would use that too they could always use a boost and i know once azaleas have kind of been left alone you know for a little while and Mm -hmm. just left to their own devices they do seem to kind of lose some energy or lose a little bit of steam but yeah you could you could prune it lightly right now but that's not going to do a whole lot for putting on new new flowers but it'll it'll help for next year yeah yeah for sure absolutely and you know prune it at the right times if you need to really do some severe pruning to either reshape it or just give it kind of a fresh look do that and that'll help boost it for next spring Thank you very much. I'm so glad you called. Thank you. All right, James and McDonough and Scott and Fayetteville, y'all are going to need to hang tight because I have an artiste on the line right now. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru, Walter Reeves. This is the time where I bring on the old host of the Lawn and Garden Show, Walter <laughs> Reeves. Hey there, friend. How are you? I don't know if I like old. Is old the same as elderly? Well, old is in predecessor not old as an age ah, okay I, indeed i am your predecessor but not so elderly not at all no no you're actually keeping busy staying young you've got a lot of stuff going on outside right now don't you i've got lots of time to do whatever i want to do outdoors and one of the things that's fun for me sometimes is just to contemplate what can i do to decorate my garden that is not normal or not what everybody else has so i've been working on a couple of projects in that regard you're a gardener yes but you are kind of an artist in the years you and i worked <laughs> on the show together some of the yeah. quirky that's the word i used quirky projects and ideas that you came up with and i'll and i'll jog your memory on one specifically that i thought of when i asked you let's talk about this I worked at a swimsuit boutique part-time a few years ago, one of the many jobs I was juggling at the time. But there was like these plastic mold mannequins, you know, that we would display the suits on. And you were like, if I could get my hands on one of those... And I thought, why? And you're like, we'll see. Just, just like. So I got you one, and you ended up putting concrete in it, and it had you had a mold of a woman's torso in your garden. I thought that was so cool. Not only that, but I covered it with mirrors in my garden. Wow. So, yeah, I, I don't know what was in my head at that time, but that's what I did. People, when they come to my garden, they look at that and say, Walter? What was in your head when you made this woman's torso here on the tree with mirrors on it? And I just said, well, <laughs> I just had too much time on my hand, I guess. Well, you know, <laughs> we all do now, for sure. And some of the activities that I've come up with and shared on the show these last few weeks are a little more mainstream, a little more boring. But I, I would like your artistic spin because I've released that scavenger hunt that I did for yeah. the kids. That's on my Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. Just encouraging birding with your kids. That's a good activity, an easy and free activity. And of course, starting a vegetable garden. And we were really prompting right. folks weeks ago, you know, encouraging them to start seed inside their home. But what are some of the more artistic things you have in mind, Walter? 
I have the perfect one because I just discovered my implementation of this project that I did 20 years ago. I made a stepping stone for a path in my garden. And when my son was in nine, and I said, Greg, come here and put your hand in this concrete for a minute. And he said, okay, Daddy. Oh. And he went over there and pressed his hand into the concrete. And I pressed my hand next to it in the concrete and let it harden, of course, and then put it in a, in a pathway in my garden. And I was out there blowing, using my lawn, my, my leaf blower the other day, and I uncovered it. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's what Greg's little hand looks like when wow. he was nine years old. Oh, Anybody can do that. Now, how did you uh, form the stepping stone? How did you mold it, what, into a square, round shape? Actually, what I did was I uh, dug a hole in the ground that was about two inches deep and in whatever shape I wanted. I tried to make it hexagonal. I got pretty close to hexagonal. <laughs> but you can just dig a hole in the ground and pour the concrete into that. You don't have to have a mold, a mold at all. That's a great one, and that's a sentimental one. I like it. Exactly. And you go go to the big box store and buy a bag of, of concrete. You can buy the stuff that doesn't crack. There's a special kind of concrete that says uh, crack resistant or something like that. And I thought I should use that because these are small little you know, stepping stones. They're about what, 14, 15 inches apart across, I mean. And I thought, well, they might crack if someone steps on So I guess they're crack resistant concrete. And that's what I used. And maybe a bucket to mix it in, yeah. and that's all. All you do is mix the concrete with water, make it sort of plastic, um, like uh, oatmeal is a good description for it. You want it real thick and oatmeal-y and pour it into your mold. Call the kids and say, hey, put some feet, some hands, some noses into this, see what happens. That's a good one. All right, what's next? This started probably 15 or 20 years ago. I got interested in making bottle trees. Do you know what a bottle tree is, actually? I do, and I think they have some lore oh, to them, too, don't they? Oh, oh, yeah, right. They do have some lore. That's for the, part of the reason I was attracted to them. People take any number of things to put nails or stakes or something into, and they hang on them or turn upside down on them bottles, different colored bottles, what people usually use. And they just call it a bottle tree, the, flower, the flowers of the tree, I guess, or the glass bottles. And so I wanted to make a nice one, a big one, a good fancy one. And so I took a fence post that I bought from a big box store and drove a number of big spikes into it and then collected blue bottles. I wanted it to be all blue. And I found a source of blue bottles. You cannot, you can't beat this source. Elementary school teachers. Because they drink wine? (laughs) (laughs) You go outside any elementary school. I can't do it right now, of course, because school's out. But talk to your elementary school teacher friends and say, do you drink wine with a blue bottle? And half of will. (laughs) They will save me some bottles. There's a a nice (laughs) Riesling that I'm picturing that I absolutely love the blue bottle that comes in. You're right. (laughs) So they uh, save the blue bottles for you, and that's how I made my bottle trees. Jog my memory. I do know there is some folklore behind the bottle trees. But oh, right, right, yeah. right, about the blue bottle trees. That's exactly right. Do you know what a haint is? Isn't it a spirit? Yeah, I would say that. A spirit, a ghost, a, something not quite nice and not quite real bad. It's not like a troll or an ogre or something like that, but a haint is like a ghost or a spirit, right? And so all around the South, if you look under the porch, look under the ceiling of the porch of many old homes, it will be painted a certain color of blue mm. called haint blue. And haint blue is supposed to keep the haints from coming to your house and cause your, you know, your kids to be sick and various other things, you know, knocking glasses off the table and stuff like that. 
And I, I thought to myself, if I put these blue bottle trees in my garden, I will keep the haints out of my gardens. So I won't have so many you know, problems with diseases and bugs and things eating my vegetables. So that's what the bottle tree does is keeps the haints out of my garden. What else could we be doing with the kids right now? Um, let's see, my friend Shannon. Shannon Pable is a wonderful artist in north, uh, well, northwest Georgia. And Shannon has used wine bottles to edge her paths in her garden. She has a long series of paths behind her house. And so she got all her friends to collect different colored wine bottles, which she drove into the ground, uh, neck down, um, about three or four inches, about halfway down into the ground. And so Shannon made this quirky little path edging for her garden. And again, this is something that kids can help you do. Just collect bottles from the neighbors and uh, say, let's put them in the ground. And again, it doesn't have to be wine bottles. It can be Coke bottles, any glass bottle that you can find. Now, I wonder, though, maybe you would have to surround them with mulch or chips or something. It will A, to keep the weeds out from in between them. But yeah. I wonder what would happen if you accidentally hit it with the weed eater, the edger, or the mower. I mean, you probably and, want to stay far in, away. In her case, it's in the woods, so she's not okay. using any kind of machinery around there and again only about three inches two inches three inches above the ground is all the bottle you know extends out of the ground so it's not going to be a lot of the bottle exposed yeah that is a great idea man so in in all of these they involve um drinking some kind of beverage (laughs) (laughs) to get the materials you need for your quote free project (laughs) i got one i got one more okay and that is found object art Mm -hmm. i have another friend who is a professional artist and she Whenever you walk with her, her eyes are always on the ground because she's looking for little pieces of uh, pine cone or stems or vines that curl around in a sort of quirky way. And she takes these home and glues them together to make figurines of human form and sometimes animal form. And they're the cutest things in the world. But kids can do this easily. Let's go outside, kids. Let's buy some. Let's find some seed pods. Let's find a pine cone that's been eaten by a squirrel. Let's find a plant stem that has a swelling in the middle of it, and go back inside or outside if you want to, and glue these things on a board. And you can make art, a face, a, a form, a human being, a dog, whatever you want to do. That's sweet. I've done that before. I think around Thanksgiving with my best friend's daughters took uh, pine sure. cones and acorns yeah, that we were able yeah, to make right. with a hot glue gun and some googly yep. eyes, you know, that you get the, the arts and crafts store. We were able to make owls and turkeys with acorns and, and yeah. pine cones. Yeah. You got it. exactly what you, what you do. Well, Walter, that's just the kind of stress relief we need right now. Fun things to do and also things to just keep you alert when you're out outside stuff to be on the lookout for maybe you know you stop and smell the roses things you haven't noticed outside that you could right. use to your benefit now well thanks for sure. the ideas look out for those wine bottles it might be useful <laughs> yeah i don't have to look out for them i know right where they're at <laughs> all right well next saturday i'm going to have you back if you don't mind we're going to talk about lawn grasses mowing height and maintaining right. them i think that's going to be useful for a lot of folks i'll bring something in all right i look forward to it thanks walter sure. you may have to work from home but who says you can't have your friends over? Listen to Eric Von Hessler, Eric Erickson, and Mark Aram live on your smart speaker. Tell your device, play 95.5 WSB. You say, I only hear what I want.
day. Stay at home. We want you to shelter in place. I know it's going to be tough not seeing family on Easter Sunday, but we've got to do what protects one another. Look out for each other. So I hope you're staying home for the weekend. You have a lot you can get caught up on the yard in the yard today. Anyways, tomorrow I know the rain's going to come through, but it'll be a decent weekend to get some things done, get motivated, get inspired to get out there and just make things work. 404-872-0750. Before I talk to Scott, i got to give you a weather update real quick. So it's going to be sunny today, high around 71. I know it's chilly right now. It's like in the low 40s, lows 52. Really no showers today. Tomorrow, though, periods of rain, likely severe thunderstorms with damaging wind, maybe hail, and a tornado cannot be ruled out late Sunday into Monday morning, says meteorologist Kirk Mellish. So you want to keep it here and download the WSB radio app where we're going to be sending out push notifications for you when the weather gets a little harried. Scott in Fayetteville. Good morning. You're on Green and Growing. What's going on? Good morning. Yes, Ashley. I'm uh, going to put in the driveway, mm-hmm. and I have to move some plants, and I have to change some soil elevation. One of my problems is I have a um, – it's an established azalea. It's old native azalea. Mm-hmm. It's about eight feet tall, maybe about four four foot to five foot the drip line how deep do i need to go to get the root ball up is this a very deep running root system or does it run on top of the ground i would say it goes wider than it does deep but i'm going to ask you a question i don't think i'm going to like the answer to when are you getting the driveway done uh probably within the next two months summer is the absolute worst time to transplant really any shrub but azaleas, right. um, that's going to be really tough. It's going to put a lot of stress on the azalea to to move it to a new place in the, the heat of the summer. Um, gosh, if if you could wait, I would, but it doesn't sound like you can. So the, the good thing, though, the advantage that you have, Scott, is azaleas, like spring flowering shrubs like azaleas, we prune after they finish blooming. So that would be right around the time, you know, maybe late May, June, when all the flowers have faded. That would be the time that you'd want to prune it anyway. So at least you're going to be pruning it. You're going to be in a position where you can make it a little more manageable, take away a little bit of the plant so it doesn't have to expend as much energy. Do a lot of thinning cuts, you know, where you just go all the way back into the plant take out some limbs and things like that so that it still allows, you know, for a lot of full sunshine rather than heading cuts. Don't just go and prune the tips of the branches and think that's that's your job because you, you've got to do a little bit more than that. So when you go to dig it out, I want you to go wider than deep. I mean, really go all the way out to the drip line probably. I know that's going to seem tough. You're going to lose some of the established roots that have been accumulating nutrients, but that's probably the best you can do. And then preparing the hole, already have the hole prepared in the new spot where you're going to move it. Are you planning on moving it to almost like a wood line kind of filtered sun situation? That's where it's going yeah, to be happiest. That's the thing. The whole yard is pretty much wooded. It, okay. it is stayed in a shaded area. So we'll, like I said, I'll have a bobcat that moves it. I'm sure I'll make sure I can get deep enough or a big enough area. And like you say, go ahead and dig a hole where I plan on putting it at. So it yeah. won't be that much of a time frame between our, when I dig it up and move Good. it. Good. So already have that hole prepared. Use some soil conditioner maybe um, and just make sure it's almost like Walter used to say, like a pancake, not like a ball. So you're digging out a wide, wide hole rather than going too deep. But lay those oh. roots out really carefully when you've got it in the new spot. And then I'd put mulch around it too just to protect it once you get it settled in. But you're going to have to be religious, Scott, about watering it. That's going to be key to make it survive through the summer. Filtered sunlight's going to probably be best. You don't want it in too shady of an area. But good luck. I want to hear back. We got to go. Lisa Loeb is singing us out again. 657 on WSB. We will be back on Green and Growing. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.